Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Before we continue where we left off, let's hear who we have at the table, players and characters. Hannah, will you begin? Hello, I'm Hannah, playing Winnie, Guardian of the Shared Sky. Brennan? I'm Brennan, I'm playing Brother Arcos Gerard, Priest of Furia. And Rob? I'm Rob, playing Magnus Vale, Master of Day and Night. And I am Amelia Som, your GM. And as a group, you have crossed the threshold into Tower Phanum. Rob? What do we see? Uh, so we push through this stone edifice door that we drew into this random rock in the countryside. Uh, and we pop into a very ornately furnished, like, carpeted gothic like medieval entryway with big like banners with magnus's regalia um and these like very fine decorated entry room this like circular entry room in the base of his tower we have just pushed through into the front door of his home um so we're currently in the foyer um and uh there is a like big set of like oak double doors to the left of us that is the uh interdimensional coat closet um and we're in this grand entryway there's like a big uh marble stone staircase that spirals up the tower that takes us to like different wings of magnus's um magical fortress tower that he had created with his wife um years ago and has now sort of been the like center of like his life and all of his magical operations since um so yeah right now we're just like in the entryway and so like i guess like color scheme right lots of like purples and greens and then like white and black like with other things so like mortalia's color scheme was always very white and black so like things that are associated with her around the tower like tend to have that sort of like checkerboard pattern whereas magnus is a lot of like purples and like greens aligned with like jorgen sorts of like regalia symbolism um you see a lot like all over the place like on banners and different furniture and like different handmade pieces of household equipment magnus's like cross-eyed symbol um just like a cross within like a eclipse-like eye shape you see all over the place um and yeah like in the carpet in the center of the tower or like not in the carpet but like in the center of the tower in the tile on the floor uh, around the staircase is also uh, the symbol of his like cross-eyed pupils. Um, so that's just all over the place. Um, and we bust into that. 
into the middle of this tower. Uh. Bust into the tower. Um, the floors, I like to think they're very smooth, like probably like four foot by four foot tile checkerboard, except it's this beautiful black and white Italian marble for whatever the equivalent of Italy is here. Probably comes from uh, Alria and um, imported, of course. These uh, elegant shelves, floating shelves, some literal, some like, you know, architectural, uh, beautiful tapestries that climb up to the ceiling. There's this ever present quality of light, even though, is there a skylight in this area? Um, not in like the main tower entrance because it does like, it has the central staircase in it, but like sub towers that jet off yeah. the main tower. So, yeah, there are like this, windows like all over the place. Yeah, there is this uh, beautiful quality of light that you probably don't experience often when you're in such large stone structures. As you all cross through the threshold, filing in, um, Julian sort of immediately goes to um, to like your study okay. to like unpack all of the stuff that uh, he's collective, um, your brother and Craig are just standing, looking awestruck. Um, Craig trying not to look as awestruck as your brother. Um, Kiri takes the little babies that they have adopted and is like, I'm gonna take these to the greenhouse I think they'll like the plants and just starts walking, not really asking you, but just informing you that that is the course of action they're going to take. Um, Magnus nods <clears throat> and acknowledges that very much in the way of like a superior officer being told by their like underlaying, like what they're doing and being very approving and like, yes, like go about your business. Um, yeah. And it lets her or let, lets them rather uh, walk to the greenhouse. Also, yeah. oh, I'm, I definitely, I sort of want to call dibs on one. Magnus in his mind is thinking that Ignea is a potential, potential familiar uh, uh, down the road. He, he really wants one of these rock boys. I think he's going to put his thumb on Ignea. Okay. But Noted. he's going to keep Noted. that to himself. Yeah. The, the universe knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jasper is just heading to the kitchen to himself a drink what are the rest of you doing uh don't mind my face right now <laughs> the sun just came out um but i think winnie is just like immediately because this is where they've all been living for the past year of their life and they've been traveling for i don't know weeks months now and so it's like it's that feeling of getting home after a long trip like immediately shrugging off all your bags and being like oh i I would like to go lay in my own bed. That would be great. Um, but I think she uh, leaves uh, Craig and her into their respective pairs of, of her party. Um, she doesn't have anyone she's in charge of right now. Um, so she's going to go to her section of the tower, which uh, Magnus has so kindly left to be dedicated to her. Um 
And if, Rob, you want to explain this better than I can, her pocket dimension, pocket room, pocket thing that uh, is dedicated to her? Yes. <laughs> so this is the thing about this tower. If we were just working with three dimensions, that would be a little too mundane for Magnus's <laughs> tastes. So when he and Mortalia uh, got together, they decided to recruit several elementals um, and combine their magical skill to erect this tower that has a network of pocket dimensions and sub-dimensions within it that are helping to hold it together and make it much larger than it really should be. Um, and it makes the architecture and the geometry of this tower sort of wonky, where there are towers that are very large that are like attached to this tower but like really should not be able to sustain their own weight but are somehow like intermingling um through like space and time and supporting themselves so what that means is that magnus has been able to highly customize this tower to uh, allow his friends to have their own spaces um literal like sections of space time to decorate and customize themselves within his little slice of reality um, and that's that's the secret to Tower Fatum, um, is that there is just this like pocket dimension aspect to it that is uh, very handy in a pinch. Yeah, so um, I think Winnie's tower room, whatever, I imagine like most of the tower are very, like the darks, the blacks, the purples, um, all of that. And then you just open the door to Winnie's section and it's just bright. It's like bright wood, light wood, very cottage core, lots of plants, um, just very like lots of natural light, just very like stark different um, than the rest of the tower. Very lesbian cottage core. Um, <laughs> many windows, probably more windows here than anywhere else in the tower. Again, lots of plants. If you've ever seen that kitchen with the green cabinets on TikTok somewhere, she's got that. Um, <laughs> um, just very welcoming, very open, very bright, very natural. Um, and yeah, I think she just starts unpacking her stuff unless, uh, there's anything else. Yeah. As you start unpacking your things, I assume you probably follow the same sort of routine, uh, every time pretty simple. You don't have anything crazy with you. Um, you do notice there is a letter sealed with a wax stamp, um, resting on your bed. Okay, I will grab it. Does it say anything on it, on the outside? Or do I recognize um, the wax seal at all? You would recognize the seal to be that of the uh, autumnal court. Gotcha. Okay, let's... Uh, Violet Wild. Yeah, let's uh, take a deep breath. Um, just... <sighs> Alright, what's up? And then she opens it. Uh, you open... It's almost like this letter is written on gold leaf, like just slightly thicker, like gold leaf infused parchment. Mm -hmm. It is extravagant yet simple and a beautiful script. Um, you see the words. We have heard tale of your exploits in the fight against the Browl. Congratulations on your success, however mixed it may be. The Court of the Dawn is applying pressure, so the gates between the lands have been restricted. We look forward to hearing your report in person when your travels allow. 
May the light of the moon bring you comfort and the stars guide you home. Signed, Tanvi. Okay. Um, she nods, takes another deep breath because that's better than she was hoping for, um, and folds the letter, keeps it carefully um, in one of her bags or maybe on her, her nightstand. Um, and, okay, gates are restricted. Got it. Um, starts mentally planning a trip to the Twilight Wilds. Mm. Yeah, and we can get into that uh, later. <laughs> yeah. What that entails. Uh, what about Magnus and Arcos? Um, so, Magnus, if a man were to request a new pocket dimension open up for his adopted son, uh, would he arrange the particulars with is that Keeper or Benedict who handles those matters? Uh, well, uh, Benedict will need to take him in and do the whole processing forms and making sure that we have all of his correct information and all that. But no, I- I'll have to cast the spell to, to summon a new pocket dimension. I was actually floating around the idea of sort of a bunk bed situation with Julian. I think he could really use a roommate. You know, Julian, you don't have that many friends that are your age. And I'm thinking that perhaps that this would be a good opportunity to expand your social horizons. Um. Oh, I can tell already by the look on your face. You're thrilled by the idea. I think we're going to go with it. Yeah, I can't think of a reason why that wouldn't be an appropriate solution. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Nope, there's... None that come to mind. What is Craig's reaction to this suggestion? Craig uh, doesn't seem super, like, he's not too invested either way. Mm. They're just kind of like, yeah, I, I can I can sleep in a bunk bed. Do I? Mm-hmm. Uh, just going to look at my spell list real quick. Um. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Do you have conjure bunk bed? <laughs> I. I don't. I mean, I was honestly just gonna stick them in a room somewhere. I mean, I think I'm just gonna put Craig in Julian's room, but I'm gonna mind link with Julian real quick. Spend a PowerPoint to do this. Okay. Sure. Um. I technically need to roll a d12 here, don't I? Um. And you technically need to spells. hit a four. Yeah. Yeah, it's not okay. it's not hard. Julian, yeah. you guys do this a lot. Yeah, it's like a 15. Um <laughs> Yeah, your mind linked it. So I just like messaged to him, I was like, I'd rather him stay with you so that you can keep an eye on him and make sure he doesn't steal or get into anything like super dangerous and magical. And I understand that that's annoying, but I think this is a good solution. Yeah, no, that uh yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, we could do it. <laughs> all right uh i don't know that magnus is gonna say anything but he's going to send like just like affirming vibes over the mind link and then uh mm-hmm. end of the spell um okay i think that's settled uh well i'll just uh conjure up a bunk bed for you guys and uh you guys can can work out the particulars of how you want to split your room up but i think that that makes the most sense for a temporary solution uh <laughs> But uh, Heron and uh, Craig both need a tour, so to speak, of 
Tower Phenom. So, um, speaking of which, where is my keeper and Benedict? Yeah, you all see to uh, all the members, all the members of the party, this is a familiar sight. There is a bright orange orangutan just sort of, uh, what's the word? Swinging kind of from yeah. various floating like chandeliers and light fixtures down. I assume he's wearing like a little suit or something. Yeah. Yeah. A little yeah. butler, like at least a little like bow tie situation. Mm-hmm. I think he likes to, to, to switch it up. I mean, obviously orangutan by proportions don't. You have to get all that custom made, you know, and like. Yeah. Opposed to the rest of your tower, which is just straight <laughs> from Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love how you, you like not not five minutes ago you were like yeah I'm gonna conjure you a magical bunk bed for the pocket dimensions in my tower but let's make a <laughs> let's make a nice suit jacket for an orangutan well, okay. might have to contact a tailor well you still, you still have to like the bunk bed still has to exist like it's not coming from nowhere it's just I've got back rooms of like furniture you know so I can just yeah. conjure them. but. Uh, no, you make a great point. There's no, I wasn't implying that he shouldn't have it. I was just letting y'all know. It's like, yes, like he gets his, he gets We're all just of his clarifying shit that there custom isn't made. Like, we just, have to go you know, into town, meet my orangutan You don't orangutan just go to friend. the mall and pick up your monkey clothes in this world. Like, <laughs> no, we're just clarifying no, that. It's a homebrew world. They might not know. <laughs> Julian, Julian Magnus and an orangutan frequently go to human tailors. <laughs> And say, fix my boy up, and they they pay well for it. But yeah. it's a thing that they have to do. Yeah. So I like to think Benedict is just wearing the little, like, butler coattail jacket and yeah. uh, a bow tie, but, like, no shirt, no pants right now. No, yeah. He's got to be comfortable, too, you know? Yeah. Um, Benedict, so good to see you. Um, wow. Oh, Master Vale. Benedict, we have had a long journey and uh to make a long story short um and i will tell you the full story over a glass of the good stuff later i promise uh this is my brother his name is Hurin. he looks less dead than you last described him that's what i thought as well um we're glad that he's alive but um we sort of found him uh deep within enemy territory around Mount Frular, but he's going to be staying with us for the foreseeable future. So, um, I Then I take it your journeys were successful? Yes. Uh, I would say that we are succeeding more and more all the time. Uh, this is also Craig, uh, who will also be new here and staying with Julian. All right. So we will be needing to give them a, a proper tour of the facilities and get them squared away, um, signing the proper forms and all that. Right, the waivers. Yes. Yes, they, you have insisted upon the waivers and... If we have guests traveling in between pocket dimensions with proprietary magical technology, it is important that they know exactly what they're signing up for. No, no, it's a good point. I just, you know, I'm just a little old-fashioned with this sort of thing, and I. Th- okay, we'll get them the waivers. That I agree with the waivers. It isn't the waivers 1520 are a good anymore, Magnus. I know, I know, 
Benedict, that you make a good point. Where's Keeper? Has he been uh, taking care of the animals? Uh, yes, I believe. As soon as the door opened, I sent him to go ensure that everything was locked up properly. Wonderful. Um, do be letting him know as well that we'll be having three new uh, additional beasts staying in the greenhouse with Kiri. Uh, three little rock creatures. They blend in well with the environment, um, and they seem a wee bit cheeky, so if you see some rocks around, just know that they might be alive. Cheeky living rocks, adding it to the tally. Yes. Um, wonderful. Why don't we uh, all step into the kitchen and we can whip up something good to eat? Yes, Master Vale. I've prepared a large pot of soup for your journey's return. <laughs> I'm so glad it's soup time. It's been a while since we've had some good soup. <laughs> Uh, and Benedict uh, leads you all out to um, to the kitchen. I assume there's like a dining area off the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. There's like a long banquet table, um, like hall sort of thing, um, and kind of on the same level as the kitchen. Um, yeah. Um, as you go. Now, I have... <laughs> I've looked through your tower, Doc. Yes. Yes. Things can just kind of be wherever, maybe? Or is this in order? Um, things, no, they're, these are not in, like, yeah. Like, if you read down the bulleted list, that is not going up the tower. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure that I could sprinkle in some stuff without you being like, excuse me? <laughs> no. Oh, okay, okay, yes. The other part of this tower is that, like, it doesn't stay consistent because it's itself an object that is sort of like moving in and out of space time occasionally. So like there is some like moving staircase vibes to this of like, yeah. I think certain parts of the tower, like there's a certain gravity that this place does obey and where like things will not move around so dramatically. There's like, a out rhyme of place. and reason to it. Yes. Method to the madness. So like yeah. for instance, wherever Winnie set up her like pocket dimension room, I think it naturally like shifted close to the greenhouse since they're both sort of the same vibe. Yeah. And like it doesn't and like they connect, I would imagine. Um yeah. so probably like, one of the windows leads to it and you can see over. Mm -hmm. I feel uh, like greenhouse is definitely like uh not quite encompassing how large and varied the greenhouse actually is. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot going on there. As, uh, as Benedict leads you toward the kitchen, he says, Well, on your left we have the Infernal Spa. I ask that you, that you only avail yourself of use, specifically new guests during the daylight hours. There have been known to be issues... And I'd rather not have to deal with them in the middle of the night. As we, oh, mind the step here. As there's like a slight incline. And here is, uh, this is the hallway that leads to the greenhouse. There's a bridge there now over a wide chasm. It's not actually as dangerous as it looks, but quite inconvenient. I would not recommend falling off. And if you just, oh, oh, 
Okay, so for this portion, we are going to be walking upside down. You do have to go with it. <laughs> this is one of my favorite parts. I think I might have been drunk when I came up with this one. Yeah, if you have any loose objects on your person, I would recommend just holding on to them tightly. This is why all of my clothes have zippers for the pockets. You can't let be things haven't just fallen all over the place. And that will lead us to the dining hall attached to the kitchen. I've added seat warmers since your last travel, Magnus. I thought you might appreciate it. Brilliant! Oh, what a wonderful invention, Benedict. Thank you, thank you. I do try. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think we we just take him on a little bit of a tour around the tower. Um, yeah. And the kitchen, yeah, I think it's like one long dining table um, that like we have many extensions for so we can make it however mm-hmm. long we need to, um, to accommodate everybody, like whoever's in the tower. Um, yeah. And I think uh, for the moment being, as you all um, you kind of aggregate around this tower, Benedict brings out a big pot of soup, uh, sends the, there's a sort of, for lack of a better word, intercom system from a central area. And lets everyone know that food is served. Um, if Winnie, if you want to come join. Um, but you grab, you guys can start grabbing bowls and serving yourself. Jasper and Kiri also come. And everyone's uh, seated around this table. And uh, Kiri proudly announces. Okay, so our little rock friends seem to really, really enjoy the garden. When you say they enjoy the garden, how do you know they are enjoying it? I can just tell. They're just sort of seated there, but like in a happy way. Hmm. Well, it's good to know, I suppose. Well, I feel like if they didn't like it, they would move. I suppose that's true. You haven't seen them moving around the tower, have you? Well, no, I just took them all to the greenhouse and then they found some plants they liked and just sort of sat down next to them. That's what I do when I see a plant I like. Sit next to it. <laughs> yeah, and would you say you're happy when you do that? Absolutely. Love to enjoy nature. See? So, um, I just thought we'd get food, and then I can keep checking on them um, and, well, try and figure out what makes them tick. Yeah, what do they eat, do you think? Or are they... Well, I, I was going to suggest that maybe they are... Like plants, maybe, a little bit? Maybe. I haven't seen them eat anything um, in the days that we've had them. But that doesn't mean they aren't, maybe, maybe they feed off oxygen or like sunlight or something else. Or maybe, maybe they're sucking our memories out of our brains. and We just don't even know. Hmm. You don't have any reason to think that that last one is the case, <laughs> though, right? No, but what if I did and I just forgot? <laughs> okay, Kiri. Well, I'm glad that it's going well so far. Uh, Me too. And starts eating some soup. <laughs> Magnus, <clears throat> this soup is divine. Benedict, what what is in this? Ah, uh, you see, it's um, chicken tortilla <laughs> soup. <laughs> it's an old family recipe, not my family, of course. 
but uh, I met a lovely woman from the east uh, who who showed me how to make it while I was in a in a market. Remind me again, what is this tortilla? Yes, so you. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so you take this grain called maize and you grind it up into a flour and mix it with water. You want to use a specific sort of grindstone. After a few minutes of this, you see Magnus like nodding off. Just like, after all all this travel, he's like, (sighs) I can tell you, I've made them from scratch. Arcos is is, is noting this down in his notebook, being like, oh, yes. Interesting. <laughs> Side podcast, yeah, uh, cooking with Benedict. <laughs> yeah, so uh, if I had a nickel for every time I was in a podcast and I went into I- extreme detail on how to make a soup, <laughs> I would have two nickels, <laughs> which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. I think soup <laughs> is a universal constant uh, across all cultures and people's lives. I think yeah, it doesn't help live. that I keep bringing up soup. Yeah. <laughs> I just love soup so much. It's a strong topic to start a conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Benedict, for the tortilla recipe. Um, You're very welcome. Yes, thank you. Have we received any correspondence at the tower uh, from our allies across the nation since we sent out our mass missive about our victory uh i got a letter from the autumnal court uh who has heard of our victory quote unquote um i'll be visiting them sometime soon with a in-person report hey that might not be a bad uh next next stop go see the fae could do a little bit of that uh and you benedict anything else Yes, there were a few who sent audio messages saying they would follow up later with requests. But essentially, everyone is just waiting. There are some, uh, in your study, there are some notes. Great. Okay. I'll check those after dinner then. But it sounds like we have some time to recover before we're in immediate need to get moving again. I would say so. Okay. I think just for now, then, like, we should just, like, take a rest, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you guys all hang out. You eat your food. Um, is there anything anyone wants to do at dinner? The answer is, if you just want to eat your food and just make idle chit-chat, we can just say that happened. Yeah. I'm gonna assume. Yeah, yeah I, I was think, like, I think the given whole the delay, party is like so beat after this jury. <laughs> like we've done so much, like talking and ex- like expression. Like we just like need like some like some soup and a, like a hard sleep. <laughs> yeah, like, you guys good. get your soup. Um, <laughs> at some point, Julian finishes up and uh, waits for Craig, and then says, "Okay, guess, guess I'm gonna show you our room, roomy," and just kind of lightly punches him in the shoulder awkwardly but like intentionally awkwardly um and uh greg finishes up and uh follows him so they both head off that way uh huron is 
bewildered um, and fascinated by every single interaction that has happened, every single thing he has seen. Um, and unless you would like to take him, Benedict will lead him to a guest chamber. Yeah, I think Magnus like does have a couple rooms that are just like pretty standard like bed with dresser type scenarios and uh he'll like lead her into like a very tame room like an understanding that his brother is very new to the idea of just constant magic everywhere is going to take him to like a quiet part of the tower close to the grand like the the ground floor um and sort of, like, set him up with anything he needs. I think Magnus is still, like, feeling super awkward, like, talking to his brother. Like, he sort of doesn't know. If it makes you feel better, he's feeling awkward talking to you. And, like, the fact that you both feel awkward and can tell the other person is feeling awkward, where, weirdly enough, just makes it more awkward. Um, so Magnus is going to, like, stop at a door and uh, is going to... Uh, kind of look back at his brother and like uh, try to make like uh, an endearing smile, but then is like sort of hesitates on it and is like, uh, oh, don't know what to do with my face and like turns and just says, well, uh, here's your room. Um, and he like opens it and kind of shows that it's just sort of normal and says, uh, well, uh, it's not quite as exciting as all the uh, the moving and grooving going on around the tower, but I think it'll do for you. Uh, he kind of turns toward his head toward you and nods, um, steps in and kind of stops halfway through stepping in um, and says, this really is fantastical, Magnus, and just continues walking and closes the door behind him. I'm glad you like it. Okay. Uh, he's gonna, like, hover for a second at the door and just being like, okay, like, I guess, I guess I just leave now, right? I guess I'm just gonna go talk to my friends. Um, so yeah, he's gonna leave her alone, um, trying to decipher that mixed message of a conversation. Um, and I think Magnus is gonna go take it, take it. I think he's gonna hit the infernal spot, actually. I think he's gonna fully detox yeah. from all of this drama understandable you go in you get yourself a little hot tub soak you get yourself a little face scrub you can probably get like a full body exfoliation situation you've been out in the woods for a while get a little cucumber water um yeah you you hit up the infernal spa um at some point on your way there uh I like to think that Tower Phantom just has this weird way of people constantly crossing paths with other people in like quirky ways, even though it wouldn't necessarily make sense. And you can see because uh, all the Grand Arcanaids have like their own lodging in the tower and you can see Kiri uh, with a handful of stuff and she's uh, they're pretty small and um, like like pillow blanket some things and then jasper behind them carrying even more of clearly curie stuff um and uh yeah just walking toward the direction of the greenhouse as you would understand and curie says okay now 
um, we just need to observe me for a few nights and make sure that like being near them, they weren't like just waiting and they turned me evil. But if they turn me evil, you got to kill me. OK. And Jasper's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Kill you, whatever. Um, and they just keep walking past, not really noticing you. Oh, going to pretend I didn't hear that conversation. Uh, <laughs> just Magnus is in her monologue like, did I? Did I make a mistake if my students are making packs to kill each other if their experiments go wrong? I mean, I guess that is the responsible thing to do. It's what I would do. I have done that. They learned that from me, didn't they? Oh, fuck. Okay, I'm a bad teacher. Um, Am I a bad teacher? No, it's the children who are wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just, like, keeps on walking. Um... It's also idly thinking about, like, oh, man, she's going to have a killer backache if she's sleeping on the ground in the garden. Um, I guess it doesn't matter. I've got my towel. I've got my uh, my anti- anti-demon anti fire uh, exfoliating lotion that will, will help. Yeah, it's just aloe vera. Yeah. But it is anti-demon fire. It is fire. anti-demon fire, yeah, too. It's crazy yeah. that it just grows like that. It's just a twofer. Um. Yeah, any kind of fire, but it works especially well on uh, demon fire. Yeah. But yeah, you you go to your little you go to your little spa, your little mud mask going on. You're chilling. I like to think that because it's specifically an infernal spa, like the vibes are kind of awful. Like it looks like <laughs> a haunted, evil, like dark red and black. And there's like this glowing, like all the lights in there are just like glowing, ominous red. But it is still playing incredibly like peaceful, calming music. And yeah. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, like, you know, soft, like calming music and then like the the actual like fire heating the water like in the the you know in the coals is like making demon faces at you because it's from the pits of hell you know so yeah it's like, and like it's just constantly the- wanting to eat your soul but it's also being used to heat the water for your bath and so it really can't do much except complain yeah. about it and like you know if you listen closely you can hear the souls of the damned yeah but that's what the little light ambient music ambiance music is <laughs> yeah for. But again, you know, if you didn't want to be the source of Magnus's infernal spa, then maybe you should have led a better life and you wouldn't have been you know, yeah. one of the damned. So, you know, it's a real trade off of like what you want out of life. You know, Magnus has right. made peace with the fact that if he didn't do a good enough job in life, he may be used as a magical few source for somebody's pod. Yeah. And well, that's. And also, like, I don't think this has come up yet, but in this world, it's not really like if you're a good person, you go to like the good place. If you're a bad person, you go to the bad place. Like, the, the main reason, unless you through extraordinary circumstances get super fucked over like the main reason you go to the bad place is because you made a deal with something bad for your soul and then you lost it yeah um but yeah so so like also the people there it it is bad it's sad they're they're tortured forever but they they also did kind of lead to that yeah and the schadenfreude of that makes the spa experience really one of a kind and that's why (laughs) you can buy a membership package from magnus directly if you'd like to use it um it is and right now we are having an early adopter special where you can get the first month for one single gold coin and if you refer a friend you can get another month for another single gold coin it's a tempting offer and magnus i I really hope you don't take this personally. There's the infernal spa is the one thing in this beautiful tower that is 
It's not my cup of infernal tea. You know, I've tried to explain to you that you are still punishing the souls of the damned when you do exploit them to heat the bathwater. So it really isn't heresy. I know it feels like heresy. I know I know you want to to call it a heretical spa, but it's not. It's just infernal. I, <laughs> you see what I'm getting at? It's, and it's it a great a... deal. I mean, the second month, one coin, too, that's a steal. Magnus, you can freeze time. What do you? What need have you with my gold coin? Everyone's like, oh, but you can freeze time. As if that doesn't make it a good deal, right? <laughs> I, it's not me giving it to you. It's you taking it. With, uh, are you strapped for It's a for transaction. Are you in debt? Oh, come on. I think Winnie has bought a membership just to be nice, but has never gone down there. <laughs> Yeah. It's also funny, like, you all have so much money. Like, the fact that this conversation is even happening from either perspective is amazing. Yeah. It's a little bit like quibbling over, like, a $3 tip amongst friends. You're like, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, Venmo requesting you for the dollar the tip the on my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that happens. You're big chillin', and you're actually the opposite of chillin' in your infernal spa. No, I'm so uh, hot. I'm sweating <laughs> so much. Yeah, but it's like good, you know. Yeah. It's, it's really detoxifying. That is that is part of the infernal spa. Is that because there's so much just ambient evil mm. around? There is an overwhelming amount of like wellness influencer level energy in there (laughs) just like yeah it's detoxifying like everything in there is like oh no no this will totally like cleanse your entire body you just have to drink this juice non-stop for three weeks yeah you really have to endure the terribleness of being in proximity to this much pure concentrated sin but on the other hand it does suck the evil right out of your pores so yeah it's just like vegas yeah <laughs> just like um, yeah you know and people and once you leave you do genuinely feel better i like to it's like uh like air training you know when people go up to the mountains to like prep for the olympics they come down they can breathe easier Mm -hmm. that's what this is like except you can also get a facial scrub yeah (laughs) um so yeah as you are hanging out in the infernal spa winnie i assume you're just going back to your room and sleeping yeah i have something for the morning but we can do night stuff before arcos anything up what does arcos do in magnus's tower um a few things i feel like arco spends a lot of time hanging out in the greenhouse you know nice peaceful contemplative type place for meditation um but there's one thing i want to take care of first um i'd like to go into my into my own pocket dimension room real quick and um the the sand glass you know greeting me it's beautiful got the Mm -hmm. Got got the bookshelves. The, it's just the, a church. It's just a chapel just with just pews. A church. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Statue of himself at the center. <laughs> with like me, it's yes. There's a statue of me uh, praying to Furia. That's uh, that's lighting up the room. Um, it, it, it doubles as a uh, as like my. Uh, what would that double as? Uh, like a boss fountain, room. You know? There's like a there's like a there's like a gold fog door in front of it. <laughs> if you pass through, music starts playing, and a big red bar appears at the bottom of your screen. 
<laughs> Arcos champion Firo. <laughs> um, get the. I'll light up some incense real quick, you know, uh, just to get things started and sit down at a desk to write to, to pen a letter. Oh, yeah, there's also already a letter awaiting for you on your desk. Oh, God. Um, it is uh, sealed with the uh, symbol of Furia. Oh. Beautiful, uh, bright gold. Well, let's hope it's not the Lord Abbot before I have time to talk to her. <clears throat> I'm going to unseal it. Yeah. Open it um, up. As you look at this note, it just says... You managed not to get yourself killed. Congrats. Period. From Askarath. Oh. Oh, uh, all right. I'm gonna take out a quill <laughs> and uh, call a and call a pigeon and uh, get to work. <clears throat> Dear Askarath, I was just about to send a pigeon your way. Thank you for reaching out first. Um, that's... I don't... I guess he's actually writing the ums in here, because why not? <laughs> Unless, I feel like he's using... He actually... I bet he's using Magnus's auto-scribe thing. <laughs> like the quill dancing around on the... Voice and describe. if you pay just ten silver more a month, the no. quill does come with Grammarly. <laughs> I, I like the little red squiggle show up on the scroll. This sentence is worded a little awkwardly. <laughs> this there is might a be term. some slight word choice issues when you say "burn the heretics" in this letter. <laughs> um, Magnus, can I pay an extra gold a month to have the critiques of my writing not be in your voice? <laughs> Magnus will upcharge you for whatever you want. But yes, of course. I'll change the spell so it's not my voice, Julian. He's gonna record some voice lines. It's just, it's just whoever's voice it is, just watching you right behind your back and just saying the things into your ear. That, that needs to have an apostrophe. Change it. Yeah. No, it's affect with an a, not effect. Okay, um, so we've got Dear Askarath, I was just about to send you a letter send a letter your way. Thank you for reaching out first. That's what I've written down. Yes. And I, I am writing this down. Okay. <laughs> I know things have been a bit choppy between us. Um sorry about that. Um but I will accept your apology whenever you're ready to give it. Uh, scratch that out. Scratch that out. That came yeah, out. The, I think uh, the auto the auto quill like writes that and then like turns and looks at you like sideways. <laughs> like, uh, did you really mean that? Oh my god! <laughs> scratch that out really well, please, auto quill. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah. If you are ready, mm, nope. Uh, Scratching that out too. Great, <laughs> great content here. Good God. <clears throat> I hope you are well as well, <laughs> and I have a son now, not yours, this one's adopted. No, no, scratch it out, scratch it out, auto quill, Not sorry. yours! 
<laughs> oh my god. This what is the best. The... Wait, are you scratching out everything or just that I have a son now? Do we want I hope you are well as well? Did that <laughs> make the cut? I have a son now, please. Okay, I was like, cool, cool, cool. There's not a good way to describe that situation, T Rex. Yeah. Well, maybe Literally not any with... other way. Yeah, actually. Does Craig know he's your son? <laughs> I think this is all good. You should be keeping all of it. We should invest in locked doors in this church. <clears throat> no, don't don't write that down. Yes. <clears throat> okay. I... I hope you are well as well is the last thing we have that hasn't been crossed out. <laughs> I hope there's been a healthy amount of buzz about the exploits of my friends and I at the monastery. If the Lord Cleric is up my ass as usual, please tell her that everything was in within law and more or less reason. <laughs> if she hears about the explosion, please say it was not entirely my fault. And take care of yourself. I hope to see you again soon. Uh, if she hears about the explosion, it wasn't my fault. Do I? I'm never good at this part. Hugs uh, and kisses. Arcos. Hugs and, <laughs> can I, I? I'm assuming Arcos also paid for the line suggester tool. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it seems that you're really struggling with like the sign off, and it and the quill suggests like in your hand like writes best wishes. <laughs> best best wishes, uh, Arcos, brother Arcos, holy brother Arcos, priest of Furia. The quill snaps itself in half. It's like, <laughs> done, done. This happens every time Arcos writes a letter. It snaps itself in half. I, I'm gonna <laughs> lean over to the waste basket next to my desk and sweep in the pile of quills. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny looking at this version of the letter because it's like, Dear Askarath, I was just about to send a letter your way. Thank you for reaching out first. I know things that have been chop I know things have been choppy between us. Sorry about that. Cross um, but I will accept your apology whenever you're ready to give it if you're ready to. And then I hope you are well as well. And I have a son that's not yours <laughs> <that's> adopted. <laughs> I hope there's been a happy amount of fun about the exploits of my friends and I at the monastery. <laughs> if you're wondering why Things are so bad between Arcos. No, don't tell him. Don't oh tell God. him. No, oh what I mean is, it's. I mean, it just a, I mean, there's just some reasons. But a good, a good start is the fact they don't have autocorrect in real life. So <laughs> except with Magnus's pen, they do. Magnus <laughs> has made sure that you have a supply of whiteout for just this sort of scenario. Magnus yeah. is known you long enough that. That why that's necessary. Yeah, and I will note on Askarath's letter, you did not see any scribbles. She wrote <laughs> out one sentence exactly the way she planned yeah. it. Typical. Um, also, there's this thing. You don't even have to scribble stuff out. You can just get and start a new piece one. Of paper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nah, you know, as long as is it scribbled out well enough to tell it's been scribbled, but not well enough where you can still read it. <laughs> Correct. It okay, is clear that I, something has been scribbled. It is entirely crossed out. Um, I think that Argos has known Askarath long enough where if nothing came scratched out because he said the wrong thing, 
then it'd be really suspicious. Uh, so, like, yeah, you, you don't want to make them think else? that you spent too long on this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, you just want them to know that all of the lines that made it in, those were the winners. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I'm going to attach it to the carrier pigeon, and I'm, I'm going to look at the carrier pigeon and like look at the all the scribbling as I'm folding it up and attaching it uh, to its leg, and say, "Am I an asshole?" <laughs> hmm. Thank you, pigeon, and I'm going to let it fly. <laughs> Fun fact, that's pigeon for fuck you. <laughs> I say it all the time. The I need pigeon to read quick. the note as you were writing it so it knows what you said. Yeah. Um, okay, so after all that, uh, you send it off. I assume that's Arcos is done enough for one day. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, you all get probably the best night of sleep you've had in several weeks in the comfort of your own beds, minus Kiri, who, unbeknownst to you all, has set up a sort of hammock situation in the greenhouse. Nice. And you wake the next morning. Winnie, I believe there's something you wanted to do. Yeah, so I think over the span of uh, Winnie's life in the tower, I think... Uh, one of the routines she's picked up uh, is making breakfast for people. So, like, if there are long nights um, where we're staying up all night and um, we need something to eat and, like, the sun is rising, I think Winnie goes to the kitchen to make pancakes for everybody. And we've been here long enough to, I think, uh, Winnie would know what toppings everyone likes on their on their pancakes. She makes them special for everybody, just to kind of it's relaxing for her. She likes doing the service for people, <laughs> and um, yeah, she makes pancakes. So I think she uh first thing in the morning, the sun's coming up. Um, she starts to she heads to the kitchen and starts to like prep some pancake batter and stuff like that, and uh, eventually she goes to. Uh, Hurin's door and knocks on it. Um, I also want to just mention before you, before that happens, as you're kind of getting everything prepped to go, uh, a long time ago, after you had been in this tower a few times, you noticed that anytime you came back from a long trip, there were always the necessary ingredients stocked for pancakes, easy to find, as Benedict picked up on this and made sure everything was ready for you in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you can knock on Huron's door. I do so. Um, yeah, uh, just a moment. And uh, yeah, some shuffling around and then you uh, see the door open and he's dressed in some pretty casual wear you didn't exactly pick up his clothes uh -huh. uh, on the way back so i imagine it's like the most normal of probably one of magnus's outfits right. which is just like like just the most plain shirt and pants that he could find <laughs> uh -huh. um that i think benedict probably stocked the closet with at some point cool um yes how oh, sweetheart uh, winnie uh do you like pancakes you eat breakfast uh Yes, I do both of those things. Uh, do you have any preference for toppings? I know Magnus and Arcos like chocolate chips and blueberries to each their own, but uh, we got whatever you want. Strawberries, banana, cinnamon, 
Any any sort of uh, preference there? Oh, it's uh, it's been a while since I've had uh, fresh berries. I would like berries and um, well, if if you're offering like whipped cream, would be would be nice. Of course, we got the homemade whipped cream that Benedict makes. It's so good, and we got the berries from the greenhouse. It's nice and fresh. I'll get that started for you. That sounds amazing. Thank you. Do you just have, does Magnus just have everything? Yeah, I like I try not to question it because I know that uh Magnus is a lot more well versed in the magic stuff than I am, but uh, you know, if I need something, he somehow has it somewhere. So I I don't really question it at this point. I'm just kind of used to it. Yeah, he was like that when we were kids as well. I see. <clears throat> well, uh, do you want anything to drink? Either black coffee, juice? Uh, just black coffee would be fine. Perfect. Um, I'll go get started on that. Um, and she, <laughs> she kind of awkwardly leaves. You're welcome. Yeah. No problem. And then uh, she's going to go to Julian and Craig's room. <laughs> <laughs> one of these days someone will have a non-awkward encounter with Huron. not anytime soon <laughs> but maybe eventually <laughs> i know and he's not not he's he, he's he's gone through it's it it's also like you know th- this is like winnie's been friends with magnus didn't know about this brother was supposed to be dead also is he still evil oh, we don't yeah. really know so let's, like, let's, oh, let's no, be honest so justified let's be honest magnus is potentially evil scarred new brother who we know has come back from the dead is hot and it's a (laughs) little bit unnerving and nobody really knows what to do about it uh so you know that's where we're at i think hard might be the main character and we're just living in this world (laughs) right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what the next thing we'll do a follow-up after this season (laughs) it's just the adventures of huron yeah um yeah you go up to uh julian's room easily enough mm-hmm. knock at the door um and uh julian pretty quickly answers says what's up hey uh is craig still sleeping in there oh no we've been awake for a while craig uh and kind of moves uh over the door opens a little wider and uh, craig comes up and says yeah are you two getting along you've been talking yeah oh Interesting. Um, Craig, you you like uh you like breakfast? Do you eat, have you ever had pancakes? Yeah, I've had pancakes. What do you like on them? We got it. Anything you want? Um, can you do like a kind of like a berry compote and some creme fraiche? <laughs> yeah, I think I can make something work. Uh, Julian, your your usual. Yeah, I just, yeah, just, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. I'll go get those started. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. And she leaves to go make pancakes. And she makes everyone's order. I think she even has the uh, the favorites of the Arcanaeids. And literally, it just spends hours t- these mornings just... I don't think there's always... Like, it's only when... Like, I don't think she's made it for this many people yet. Like, mm-hmm. I think sometimes the Arcanades are there. Some of them are, but not, like, everyone all at once. So this takes her a couple hours to do. Yeah. <laughs> and Kiri definitely has, like, 
gluten-free, low oh, sugar yeah. yes, pancakes. <laughs> yeah. You have to make them entirely separate because uh-huh. it's just there's too many differences. <laughs> and Winnie is happy to do it for them. Um, I, yeah, I like to so. I like to think that part of the way Magnus and Arcos became friends after their initial meeting was having the favorite kind of of pancake. <laughs> Chocolate chips and blueberry pancakes. It was my I, I don't with, or go ahead, go ahead. No, it's like you're a man of God, Magnus. <laughs> Listen, I don't know, you know, about divinity and gods and all that beyond what I know, but if there's anything I know about the gods, it's that pancakes with chocolate chips and extra maple syrup, that is the nectar of the gods. And if you eat that, you'll be closer to divinity than most men ever get in their lives. Especially my homemade ones. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We, We really do need a cooking show <laughs> pancake making with Winnie. cooking with benedict and winnie <laughs> yeah um but yeah you guys eat the pancakes everyone uh who is unfamiliar with winnie's pancakes has now had the best pancake of their life and um maybe of the rest of their life assuming if they don't get to eat more <laughs> um so they know this is the peak and it's all downhill from here um Magnus wants to like clock what Craig's expression is like as he eats the pancakes. Oh yeah, Winnie is studying. Like every time she makes pancakes for someone new, she like subtly but very carefully studies their expression. So like Craig yeah. and Hurin, she has hawk eyes on both of them. Yeah, Hurin uh, looks elated. He's been in like eating military rations right. for God knows how long, <laughs> even at like a higher level. It still, like, wasn't a ton of sweets and a ton of, like, cute little sort of indulgences. So, uh, he looks excited. He genuinely enjoys these pancakes, you can tell. Um, he's not a very, like, effusive person when it comes to, like, commenting on things, but you can tell he enjoys it. Mm-hmm. And if you if he catches you looking at him, he'll give you kind of, like, a happy nod. Um, or as close as his face comes to really happy. Mm-hmm. Um... Craig also seems to be enjoying it. Uh, Craig and Julian are sitting next to each other, and there's like, like they're kind of whispering some conversation back and forth. Um, but like, or like, not necessarily whispering, but just talking kind of low. Like they don't want other people in on the conversation, but they're just sort of hanging out. Uh, Craig does like the pancakes. Um, in fact, after he finishes, he. Uh, puts it down and or puts the plates down and looks at you and says that was good well I'm glad you liked it I haven't met someone yet who hasn't liked my pancakes he just kind of (laughs) nods is that the first time he said something positive yeah that you've heard (laughs) (laughs) when he can make anyone smile (laughs) The power of Winnie's pancakes. And just uh, wait till he's not looking and mouth. Thank you. I give (laughs) a thumbs up. (laughs) Meanwhile, Magnus is like looking at his apprentice Julian and this uh, Craig the Devil Child, like whispering conspiratorially. And is (laughs) that at once like, oh good, they're getting on better than I expected they would. And also. <laughs> I don't like that these teenagers are conspiring in my power. <laughs> Magnus instantly feels all of like forty years old. Like, 
<laughs> they better not <laughs> These youths. <laughs> These <laughs> youths. Better um, not be graffiti on the... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, what a wonderful breakfast. Thank you, Winnie. She bows. Um, so, um, Herrin, Craig, how do you like the accommodations of Tower Venom? Herrin says, This is like something out of a novel. It, I, I certainly, I, I could hardly dream this, let alone make it. Well, I can't take all the credit. Uh, my wife had a fair hand in uh, thinking up the whole idea. But uh, the magic here in these walls will hold it strong for years to come, so long as nothing devastating happens to it. But I'm glad that you like it. It's sort of my own slice of peace and quiet. And I hope that it can be that way for anyone that comes to visit. Craig kind of looks around and says, it's all right. Yeah, well, I know what you sound like when you're having just a mildly bad day, so I'll take an it's all right from you, Craig. Thank you. Um, I'm trying to think, like, what is on the to-do list for a new day. Um, yeah, do you want some, uh, do you want some little... Some little hints, little prods. Yeah, I think I think we would. I think yeah, you know, we're coming off of like a, a travel hangover. Um, yeah, we need some some refocusing. I think. Okay, so here's here's what you have access to. Mm-hmm. You got three little rock homunculi. You got um, a lot of samples of plant life. That were taken, I assume you've been collecting them across your journey as a whole, um, as you're in blighted areas, but also specifically from uh, around Mount Vrular. And you have the documents that you took from the war room. Okay. That all required a bit more cross-referencing and study. Right. Okay. That is correct. So... Kiri, you're firmly focused on the rock babies. Do we have a good name for these creatures yet? Besides little rock Rock friends? babies? I like rock babies. I mean, technically, they're just sort of earthen homunculi, but, like, that's not as cute, and they're adorable. They are pretty dang cute. Well, uh, that does not change the fact that they are still uh, a... Very clearly, magically powerful, uh, unknown creature that we need to study carefully. So, Kiri, I will let you continue doing your research on them. Um, in the meantime, we do have some samples of the blight that we need to better understand. I don't know exactly where to start. But I can start running some tests to figure out what that is. Also, Heron, uh, if what you said earlier is true and you guys are trying to prevent the corruption, then perhaps you could help fill in some blanks with me about the information that we have. Yes, of course. Wonderful. I also have some documents I need to ask you about as well. Fair enough. Well... I'll take you then, um, and 
Ah, uh, Julian and Craig as well. Up to my study, I think. Uh, Jasper says, I'm gonna... <clears throat> uh, I think I'm going to go check out those plants. Yes. Pour stuff on them, see if anything happens. The usual. Let me know what you find out. Winnie, would you like to help? Yeah, I was actually thinking about it, so I'll, I'll join you. Arcos, where are you going to head? I feel like my next move um, would be... Honestly, I was trying to figure it out, and I was like, the plants are... I, I, I kind of want to see the plants. Okay, <laughs> I, yeah. I love the plants. <laughs> yeah, I mostly just asked because I figured Winnie would want to be a plant, but I was like, Arcos could go anyway. <laughs> Winnie likes plants. She's got a plant person, yeah. too. Um, yeah, so you all head that way. I think we'll cut to Magnet. Well, yeah, let's uh, let's follow Magnus. Okay, uh, so Magnus, Hurin, Julian, and Craig all take the... Vault. I'll walk into a bar. <laughs> yuck 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 close we're walking into magnus's personal quarters which has certain bar like elements namely the bar that's there but it is not <laughs> uh the purpose of those quarters so we we ascend the big marble central staircase all the way up to uh the 13th floor which is in it's like it there's like technically the 13th floor is its own little like sub tower um, mm-hmm. But there is nothing else on the level of the 13th floor. Um, and on the opposite side of the tower, one level below, is the Cloud Tower, which is where um, Mortalia used to set up shop. And we just completely ignore that. On the way up, we do pass a like wooden door with um, just like four sets of iron chains and locks like barred across it that would take us to the cloud tower that Magnus has sealed off and it is like yeah. covered in dust. Uh, Craig does say, what's over there? Oh, haunted tower part. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. Okay. It's haunted. There's monsters. It's spooky. You'll lose your life and your soul if you go in there. Don't worry about it. All right. All right. Don't have to tell me twice. Um, yeah, and we head up, uh, also, also past the observatory, which is actually haunted. Um, so I think <laughs> there is the distant wailing of Magnus's mother-in-law somewhere just like, you don't do the dishes. Um, <laughs> just always there. And, uh, we go into Magnus's room. Um, Magnus's tower, like I said, does have a bar, but mostly the... Most striking thing in his study is like there is a giant cross that is or like crucifix, um, not like a Catholic cross, but like a cross in the like with a crucifix is specifically a cross that Jesus is dead on. Yeah, so not a crucifix, but a cross. Um, yeah, with a book nailed into the center of it, where uh, the two like beams meet, and then that is like hanging like behind, like on a wall behind a big wooden desk that has a bunch of magical instruments on it, and around this room is like. Uh, purple, purple, purple and black drapes um, and carpeting, as well as like all of Magnus's like random accoutrements that he's picked up from different adventures. He has um, the like broken phylactery of a lich. Um, he has like random enchanted objects that he picked up from heroes and villains alike that you know had 
uh, cast off their moral coil and their enchanted objects along Magnus's uh, adventures. And this sort of like hugely unorganized, but also like, um, I don't know. It's like not, it's like disorganized, but it is also like orderly. Like there's no rhyme or reason to where things are, but everything is neat. Um, mm-hmm. And he sort of gathers them around his desk and like pulls up a couple chairs and says, so we've been researching the blight in the brow for quite a long time. And now you tell me that your organization has actually been trying to fight off the corruption. But you still worship the Browd. So, without getting into why all of that doesn't make sense, let's start working on some points of common ground that we can sort of agree on. So, the Blight. The thing that's turning plants and animals into dead, rotting versions of themselves. What do you guys know about that? (sighs) Well... We know that the blight itself is not a disease. It's sort of like a... It's not quite a plant. It's something that lives within other living things, like a parasite. Almost. I see. Um, Magnus, like, takes out the, like, sample of, like, rock titan that had part of that, I guess now, like, parasitic corruption on it, and he, like, points to, like, the flashy part of the rock and says, so this is parasitic, then? Yes, well, the, uh, the titan that existed in the... Well, it's not a titan, but the the rock creature that existed in the volcano. It's been there for quite some time. Some people thought it was perhaps an incarnation of the titan or Kratos, but I don't really believe that. Mm. Uh, a titan would be... We would know if it was a capital T Titan, I think. If it was a capital T Titan, you would have not survived. No, I don't think that the continent would still look like the continent. (laughs) Uh, If the stories are to be trusted. Yeah, if the Titans were awakened, that would be a truly, um, well, it would be a cataclysm, I guess. There is precedent for that being a cataclysm. Yes. Anyways, um, so that's what we know. I don't have a lot of specifics. I wasn't really a biologist by any means. Uh, I do know that the creature in the volcano was bound to it in some way. And, well, I'm not sure killing it, it might have done some good. From your perspective, it might have done some bad. There are members of the Browl who can use the Blight to empower themselves. So in that case, it could weaken our, their forces in some ways. In others, it could be that the creature was holding something back that's now been released. At least that was the worry, which is why we left it alone. We weren't quite sure if it would be good or bad for us. 
Well, one way or the other, we're about to find out, I suppose. So, is that what these documents mean? Talking about harnessing the underground power source of the thermodynamics of the volcano? Some of them. Yes, it's, uh, from what I understand, again, not being very learned in the arcane, there's a way to use glyphs to draw out magical energy that radiates from the earth. It's more powerful in places where there's more physical, natural phenomena like the volcano, but also tied to something a bit more magical in nature, like whatever's going on with the blight and with that rock monstrosity. Um, And, uh, okay. And what's this about um, the Browl's plans to create a a battery of sorts? Well, it was essentially just going to be a way to transport that magical boon that people can draw from the Blight into other parts of the continent where the Blight is weaker. So it would be pulling the parasite of the Blight into faraway places, essentially distributing the Blight across the continent? It's less like distributing the Blight. I mean, perhaps if it... Think of it as taking a weed from one area and putting it to another. Sure, if you put it in the ground, it could propagate and it could spread, but also if you you didn't necessarily want to do that you could just put it in a pot and then you still have the plant and it grows for a little while it's not a it's not a long-lasting thing there's a reason why the blight has only moved at the speed at which it's moved it loses its potency but it could be helpful in specific circumstances so, from your perspective, the blight is sort of... It's a parasite that's infecting things, but it's also a, a source of magical power. The blight is a fact of life. The same way druids draw magic from the earth, other druids have found a way to draw magic from this instance of it. Okay, I'm going to drop... Just write down blight druid... Kill on sight. Okay. Uh, <laughs> fascinating. So it's an aspect of nature. It's almost like uh, an opposite to nature, or perhaps just um, a, a particularly grisly aspect. How is it connected to your faith? Um. Well, it represents a new kind of future. Okay, one that where everyone's a parasite? One where you have to learn to change with the land. But one that... where you embrace what's coming. But what's coming is a parasite that is actively corrupting and destroying the land and nature. Am I misunderstanding that? In some ways. Just because it's not a form of life we recognize does not make it 
entirely foreign to nature. It is in that line of nature and magic, I would say, similar to what I've heard of the Twilight Wilds. But in a different way, I assume. Well, the Twilight Wilds are sort of interplanarly connected to the material world. Are you suggesting there's a similar relationship, that there is a, a blight plane out there? No, no. Well, perhaps. I guess I don't really know. There could be. Could be any number of planes. You've got several here, looks like. None of them lead to a, a big pile of blight, though, which is a good thing for all of us, I think. Okay, well, fascinating. So, it has a religious significance of change. The New World Order. What is this sort of ideals behind that change? Is it just change for the sake of change? Uncertainty is one of the large concepts enshrined in Browd. It is, at the end of the day, all the future has to offer. And the worship of uncertainty is trying to make sense out of everything that can happen. And sometimes that's trying to adapt to what the world around you is doing instead of fighting against it. I don't think fighting and adapting are mutually exclusive, but I take your point, I suppose. Interesting. I'm not a theologist, uh, but it sounds like you're describing sort of, um, it's sort of an unbelief or maybe just a very strange sort of type of nihilistic belief. You could look at it that way, and I'll not lie. There are many strange individuals and groups who hold these tenets. But I also owe Browd my life. Yes. Uh, You mentioned that it resurrected you. And I'm sort of now, um, I have a lot of questions that are sort of intrusive now that you've mentioned that this is a parasite. What exactly is going on there? And he sort of like awkwardly gestures with his hand, like at all of her <laughs> in. <laughs> like, what is all this? What are we doing here? Um, like. Are you asking if I, if you cut me open, if I will bleed with the black ooze of blight? I wasn't asking that question specifically, but that did cross my mind a bit. No. Sigh of relief, just like you see a little bit of tension go out of Magnus's shoulders. Um, I, I don't really know a lot about the circumstances that brought me back on account of I was dead during all of them. Oh, sure. But, you know, done right by me, I'll do right by you. That's 
Fair enough, I suppose. Well, this is helpful for a sort of contextualizing a lot of pieces that we were missing before. Well, I don't know what all of this means exactly in terms of the future. That's kind of the whole point. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose <laughs> it is. He does uh, kind of smile and chuckle at that. Right. Well, uncertainty means we get to learn a bit of, uh, we get to learn something new when we don't know what we're looking at. That's, I guess, a question I have. Is that uncertainty can't be, um, it can't perpetually be in motion. At some point, you know, experience does lead to knowledge, does lead to certainty. And at some point, the future becomes the present. And um, then the past. This is a really off-topic question, Herman, but do you play any musical instruments? No. See, I really wanted to get a band back together, and what you just said, like, I think there was really some potential there for a ballad. And you know, I think maybe if you gave a shot, I think you could play the loop quite well if you if you really applied yourself. I'll keep that in mind. Looks like I'll have a lot of free time on my hands. Yes. Or no. I assume. Who knows? Um Alright. Any other questions? Do you know what the little rock babies are? They're little rock babies. I really didn't concern myself much with them. Okay. They're kind of cute, I think. I agree. Not really any of my business, so I didn't look into it. I think they're definitely about to become my business. Okay, uh... Turning my attention to you, Craig. Hi, how are you? Craig, this whole time, has just been picking up and kind of looking around and messing with random magical objects. Find anything fun and interesting? Um, I like this thing. And, uh, he grabs this, like, jagged, white, like, metallic, thorny crown with, like, blood stained on it. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, crazy story with that one. Found that in an ice-capped mountaintop cave. There is a manticore, I think, guarding it. It's really sort of a letdown because when you put the crown on, the only magical effect is that it makes you able to instantly calculate how much change you have if you look at a pile of coins. Kind of a useless enchantment, really. But helpful if you're going to the bank. Hmm. Puts it on. Uh, Was that true? I don't know. Let's, let's fucking roll a d20. Uh, high, it's true. Low, it's not. Uh, oh, dear. That's a two. No, it wasn't true at all. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> no, it has horrible magical potential. <laughs> yeah, you, you say that as a joke. And before you can say anything else, uh, Craig puts the crown on oh, and... My son! <laughs> their eyes... Uh, become this entire milky white uh, against you could see little tears of blood forming out of the corner of their eyes you have never put this on you killed the person who wore this crown before they got a chance to fire anything off 
and uh ev- everyone in this room is just frozen for a second and then uh Craig just sort of like coughs like <coughs> oh god oh fuck ah uh. <sighs> Well, that was weird. Uh, Magnus is like, okay, what does Magnus see with his magical eyes? What does he see that like just happened um, there? You can see uh, this crown is sort of like everyone has this kind of aura around them. And uh, Craig's is this kind of burnt orange and the crown is this bright white. And as... Uh, he puts it on the auras kind of meld into this light orange that you would recognize as a sort of like connection or attunement um and wow there's a fucking crazy that you put that on uh instantly gonna cast a spell magic on the crown (laughs) (laughs) um how does the spell magic work uh Negates magical effects is what it says in the short description. Um, let me find it. Do you have to roll anything? I do need to roll a spellcasting roll. Cancels one magical spell or effect is what it says. Okay. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Your target number is 20. Target number is 20. Okay. This is a spellcasting roll. Hell yeah. Let's go. I was not being serious. Please don't put on. Or For context, anything. the normal target number is four. <laughs> <laughs> How many ben- Can you spend more than one Benny on one roll, or is it? No, I think you can spend one Benny per roll. Oh God! I can check, but. Well, there goes Craig. That was a subplot I was looking uh, forward to. Okay, that was uh, <laughs> that was a sixteen. Rip. Uh, oh. So I don't dispel the magic. I say, Craig, please don't put that on. I don't actually know what it does. I was just teasing. Uh, he's already put it on as soon as you say that as you like, and you turn around as you finish that. And that is when you catch Craig, just like eyes white, tears, blood frozen for a minute. And then uh, after, you know, he comes out and I was like, that's weird. Oh, God. Uh Magnus, are you sure you know what this crown does? No, and you shouldn't have put it on, you dunce. That's like rule number one of magical items is don't touch them. Um, Magnus is going to try to take the crown off of his head. Yeah, it's stuck on there. And as you pull, he's like, ah, and uh, it starts, um, it's like embedded kind of in his skull magically. And the thorns also wrap around his uh, his horns and his head a little bit, too. Okay. okay. You know, Magnus, I know you're, like, freaked out about it, but honestly, and I know you're not going to believe me, honestly, I think it's probably fine. <laughs> Who's saying that? Is that Craig saying that? That's Craig. Um, Magnus looks at, at, at Craig and like, I'm <laughs> still tears of blood coming out. <laughs> Craig, you're crying blood. That's never a good sign. You, you got thorns all over your horns. Christ, do you know, uh, do, I was serious. This thing was in an ice tipped cave at the top of a mountain guarded by a manticore. The person that had it on was a deteriorated thorn covered skeleton that was really hard to kill. And I didn't let him use the crown ever. I just got it and got out, but. 
sort of so bad it could news. be a good crown. Oh, I mean, Maybe I think you should use your context clues. Guarding it. <laughs> I think it's fine. It's honestly, I've had worse shit. I don't believe that you've had worse shit. If you had worse shit, I don't think that you would be here right now. Magnus is going to, like, uh, take him into a side room from his study that has, like, a modified dentist chair that has, like, a lot of, like, attuned crystals and stuff that swirl around it that are for, like... No, that looks weird as shit. I don't want to get in that. No, this is going to tell me... This is going to help me tell what this thing actually does and that's attuned to you. Uh, Okay, so sit down in this chair. Magnus is going to... um, Cast Detect Arcana with the help of this magical equipment. I don't know if that does anything, but just for fun, he's going to do it in this chair. Go ahead and roll. I will say in this specific circumstance, because you have all of the the healing crystals with their low vibrational energies. um, Yeah. And the chakras lining and and all that. Yeah. There's so many chakras in here. It's insane. (laughs) They're all aligned. (laughs) They're all aligned. Uh, you can add three to this roll. Add three to this roll, okay. Yeah, it's, your target number for this is going to be a 12. So that's four plus seven, that's 11. And the plus two I normally get is 13. Then plus three is 15. Yeah, this is a magical item. I was totally prepared to exist in this world. <laughs> <laughs> um, hold yes, on, let me type and- this up. Sorry. I'm not typing this up. Let me consult the notes I've already typed um, that live in here. Craig is now just damned. He's just... Uh, <sighs> Craig is fine. Like, he seems like he can handle it. He seems chill about it. Yeah, Craig just said that they're doing okay. I don't suppose this is a circumstance in which you'd like to share any personal information about your medical history or origin or circumstances of your birth or any magical nonsense that you might be harboring inside yourself mm, no i'd rather keep all that to myself if it's all the same to you oh that's Watch fine it, any known allergies craig um no actually i used to be Happiness. allergic to like small like animals but i i grew out of that great then ha- then here take this pill um and he's gonna just like hand him like a pre-prepared like mild uh like sedative i guess (laughs) yeah uh craig will take the pill um while this is happening i'm going to send uh, a message through via smoke raven um to arcos and winnie that says emergency craig put on a magical crown the one with the blood on it the one that we never put on and don't know what it does oh dear god help us i think this boy is bleeding from his eyes i feel like the bleeding has stopped by now, to be fair. <laughs> I feel like scratch scratched out. <laughs> Actually the bleeding stopped by now. <laughs> I, I feel like we get ruins like that pretty often whenever Julian accidentally fucks with something. So it's like you know, no one's well, dead. You assume it's Julian and not Magnus. <laughs> so um so I think Magnus is like while he's like taking the time to like cast the spell and like wait for results, I think he's gonna be just like sort of chatting idly to her and it's gonna be like so, okay, so, like, this is the part of magic that's, like, really sort of dangerous and uncomfortable is that so many magical items exist from previous eras, kingdoms, wizards, magical practitioners, and the only way to really figure out what they do is to try them on and to try to figure out what they do. So, most of the time, I never put these things on because the risk is usually not worth the reward. So, to figure out now what this thing does, we 
have to just wait and hope it doesn't do anything terrible. Um, I feel like go ahead. Ar- Ar- uh, like Arco's hearing about the the bloody crown and on Craig, especially he's like, you know, this is this is uh, this is a good time to to go spring in some action. So I uh, I'd probably like take off and go grab some. I don't know what's the Amelia in this universe. What's the equivalent of holy water? Since we're avoiding uh, Christianity, is it still holy water? Is it? Yeah. So there are these things called other religions, <laughs> and they also have concepts of holiness. Fascinating. Um, you can you can bless water yeah. from your god. Your, your religion has spiritual seltzer instead of holy water. <laughs> Spirit, can I have some spiritual sparkling water? Transcendent think, Topo Chico. I think while Arcos gets holy water to probably sprinkle on clandestine kombucha. Uh, when he gets like actual real like drinking water to calm both of them down. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get some. Um, pol- I'm gonna get some incandescent kombucha and a, a vial of uh, of spirit water and uh yeah we'll meet up there yeah i i think knock on the door but then don't wait for a response just go in um is it arcos branded spirit tonic is that what it is (laughs) (laughs) arcos has a brand deal with one of these holy water manufacturers (laughs) um i'm gonna immediately hand a a glass to magnus and a glass to craig all right magnus why'd you let him touch crown Okay, well, first yeah, of all, Magnus, I didn't I think... let him touch it. And he's going to take a shot of the holy water and then pour <laughs> some of the regular water on the crown to, like, wipe off some of the blood. Uh... Oh, it's, it's the the crown is stained. It's not, like, okay. loose blood. Um, also, at some point, Huron was like, when you're talking about the uh, importance of, you know, magical items and not knowing and they touch him, he, he says... Yeah, perhaps um, next time when someone asks what something does, if it's a potentially incredibly dangerous magical item, we just tell them the truth the first go of it. Okay, well, you know what? There is some miscalculating going on in how believable I am as a person. Listen, if you haven't caught on for by this point, I clearly say a lot of things because I'm joking, and I know that, that for you yeah, guys that Magnus, don't know Magnus, you've me, always been full of shit. Exactly, but okay, listen... But these are kids, I Magnus. Should, you're right. You know what, Heron? You're right. I acknowledge that I was not responsible because this is my magical tower. There's a lot of things in this tower that are magically powerful and significant that are not what you would say, uh, you know, compliant with any sort of building codes regarding safety. Because most of these things don't come with a manual, so please do not touch anything. And yes, I don't know what this crown does. It does not, it lets you instantly count change. Although, actually, uh, he's going to take out some pocket coins and just, like, show them to Craig. Craig, how much money is in my hand right now? I'm going to smack that and be like, this is not the time for jokes. And um, can I, so I'm going I'm to ask a quick question here. I'm trying to read the script for drain PowerPoints because I'm wondering if that would work. It just says, um, powerful mages, priests, psychers, uh, can use this ability to drain arcane energy from their foes. Would I be able to drain, try and roll to drain some of the power out of this? And, uh, um, if it's like a damage thing, I'll, I'll tank it. <laughs> I just need it out of Craig. Yeah, go ahead and, and roll. All right. Um, I finished typing up the magic item. I'm sorry. I finished reading the thing that I had already pre-written about the magic item because I knew this was going to happen. Okay. <laughs> okay. What What? What did Magnus' oh. role reveal? 
Uh, first, um, I want to see what this role is to drain the power. Um, that is uh, a six. With a six, you go to suck some of the power out of this crown. And it's like trying to collect sunlight from the sun. As you reach out, your god is inherently tied to that bright light and warmth. And it's met, you you pull something out of it that is just as white, but in a very like clinical, cold, icy sense. And it seems no matter how much you pull, there's more to come and you have to cut it off before this ice reaches you. Well, I guess it wouldn't help to, if there's more to come, then it wouldn't be helpful to just take it because it wouldn't be doing Craig any favors. So I am going to back up and um, do, what do I have on me? Uh, take some of the Arcos brand spirit water and just like, just put it between me and the clinical light. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to fix everything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, have anything. What do I do? Smash is what it? Craig says after you, you do this whole thing. You're grabbing your holy symbol. This beautiful light <laughs> is coming out from you, and like nothing changes from his end. Uh, um, I, I can't smash it. I mean, that's that's the other thing. All right, all right. There's, head. Listen, there's no need to panic here, Craig. How are you feeling? I'm fine. No actually. need to panic. You're not fine, Craig. You're what? crying blood. I stopped crying blood. I cried blood like a little bit. Okay, and you know what? I, I'm actually going to take Craig's side here. Like, who hasn't cried blood after, like, randomly touching a magical artifact before? Yeah, that's just how magic works. Craig, are you a practicer of magic? Don't worry about it. Um, that's so... what they also, okay, shocking up yes in my notebook. <laughs> also going to put that by worst lie of all time, Craig. <laughs> Uh, you yeah. told us you could practice magic. So? Is nobody here concerned? Well, I'm think, more curious now. I think honest. we just need to be slow and think this through and not act rashly. This is why Winnie's my favorite. <laughs> she puts her heart on her chest like I just did. <laughs> you literally impulsively put a crown on your head. It's not really the slow, measured approach. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> okay. Listen, you've got the crown. It's on your head. I will say, uh, highly I'm powerful. kind of rocking it. It doesn't look bad. Do you feel particularly icy? On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you feel like your soul has left your body? <laughs> I think my soul is still in my body. Okay, well, that's that's great. a really good sign. Yes, that's that's one of the ten vital signs we look for. Do you um, feel different at all? That's another that's another question that I think should be asked here. I mean, I kind of feel like a little tingly, like there's more, like I feel more magic. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, but like there's nothing whispering in my ears about great evil or anything like that. If that's what you're worried about, that's also good. That's also a good that, thing. That's calming um, news. Um, As what is ma- they say this? Oh. oh, I was gonna ask what did my role actually like reveal? That's uh, that's what I was gonna go okay, into. Okay, so okay. as this conversation is happening, this is um this isn't you specifically just casting a spell. This is a room that is designed to cast a spell. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so while generally this information comes to your head and it does, there's also like a nice sort of little printout of information available. And um, this is the crown of the broken oath. Huh. What an ominous name. All right. It was. Okay, go on. There's more. So you've tested this. You've run this through this room before. And it really, it, it never re- returned any useful information. It was just like a magical crown. And it seems like being placed on someone's head has sort of cracked open a layer of, from a meta perspective, lore. Hmm. This crown was last worn by the lost king of Koi, which you would know to be the kingdom that existed in, before Koira. One who came to power toward the end of the second epoch. They were known to be a fervent follower of Anemoros, and as such, she was granted the knowledge of the first epoch and lost histories in order to rise to power and ideally unite the continent in peace which she did, and then after several decades, slowly became increasingly militant and erratic and violent in the name of maintaining this peace, and was driven insane trying to recapture the glory of a past that they only knew shrouded in memories that were not their own. She was, through nature of her oath and deal unable to be killed and was sealed away at the during i guess technically after the cataclysm that marks the difference between the second and the third epoch this crown became cursed as their soul darkened with the energy that was released from their broken oath stored within it so the the oath that was broken was like an oath to like unite the kingdom in peace, and then they became super. They became the evil. They swore to destroy. Became fascist, and then they became yeah. big bad. Okay, and 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 some something associated with that. The whole point of the cataclysms is that history is lost in between them, but somehow that led to what happened in between that cataclysm that separates the second from the third epoch, where. Koira was kind of created and Rel was, and all of these things happened. Okay, Craig. Well, um, Magnus has like produced a pair of like half moon spectacles and reading this report readout from his uh, like magical machines and has somewhere found a doctor's like white overcoat um, as he's been like chatting up. Uh, I assume it's of- just on the hook in here. And as soon as you came in, you put that on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like definitely like, patchwork, too. And there's some weird colored stains on it from God knows what. Um, so Magnus is like looking over at these spectacles that aren't magnifying his vision or anything. They're just there because Magnus is a dork who likes aesthetics. And so yeah, <laughs> uh, he's reading this out and he's like, mm, yes, well, I've got good news and then bad news and then uh, sort of medium news. Uh, okay. Well, uh, Craig wants it just snatches the paper out of your hand. Okay. Okay. Well, long story short, this is the um, kind of looks through it as you're talking. A crown of a long-dead monarch from the second ep- epoch that is 
been magically imbued with the power of a curse that was triggered when the previous owner of this crown broke an oath they had uh, to unite the continent under uh, peace and harmony. So you have here a magically imbued crown, which I think is enchanted with an aspect of ice of some sort and um, is a relic from a lost epoch, which means it's incredibly powerful and one of a kind. So uh, the good news is, is that this should grant you um, extra long life, uh, probably better healing, um, some magical power to boot. The bad news is that you probably can't tell a lie or break an oath, or else this thing is really going to do a number on you. The good news, or sort of medium news, is that you don't talk much anyway, so that's really not an issue, huh? doesn't really say anything about lying in here no but breaking an oath and sort of telling a lie it's a slippery slope from one to the other my point being is that you should be really careful from now on that you're not um doing anything that's going to jeopardize your position with the magical crown on your forehead also i hope that you have some durable pillowcases because that is a sharp piece of equipment you got permanently affixed to your face i mean they're your pillowcases so Uh, Magnus is going to make a note for reinforced pillowcases. Um, Kevlar pillowcases, I guess. What does it say about removing it from Craig? Um, It doesn't say much about anything in terms of removing it. Uh, I think we let Craig keep the cursed crown. Craig, I didn't say you get a vote. Well, you're hardly going to remove it without killing him if you don't have his consent to remove it at all. Sort of a magical binding... um, not really contract so much as relationship. Let me put it this way, is that the... Uh, trying to avoid cliches. Magical items have sort of their own magical instincts and will. And so it's probably not an entire accident that out of all of the random shiny bits that I have in my office, Craig was drawn towards the crown and put it on and was attuned to it. So, I don't think that we can forcibly remove it without forcibly removing parts of Craig. Craig... I'd at, like all my parts intact, if that's all the same to you, Arcos. At the very least, can you please wipe the smug smile off your face? It looks really creepy with the eyes. The eyes are back to normal now. You still got oh. the blood streaks. Here, let me get that yeah. for you. He's going to take a little... Magnus going to take a little wet napkin. Comment about the smug smile remains. I don't I don't really care if you keep the crown or not as long as you don't use it to like actively antagonize us with your uh new power, whatever that may or may not be. I don't plan to antagonize you more than I have been. Alright, I can deal with that. Well, while it. I have you here, uh Magnus is gonna like rummage through or uh, yeah, Magnus is going to uh, have Julian bring him some documents. Um Julian, the uh, the enrollment forms, if you would please. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Uh, cool, cool, cool and normal things happening in the wizard tower. And uh, <laughs> grabs the forms. And as he begins dis- uh, dispersing the requisite waivers and things, which uh, Benedict is going to be so upset that he didn't sign these before he put on <laughs> your cursed crown because there's specifically a cursed item clause. But luckily for you... Uh, Craig signs it anyway, and as you begin dealing with your paperwork, we'll deal with the fallout of that next time. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a good Wednesday. We have just released season four, episode 33. And um, I wanted to say thank you for waiting so very patiently for this episode. And I wanted to come on here to say that we have officially wrapped season four. Um, Kind of crazy. Um, And what that means is the very next episode is going to be the last episode of Guildfellows ever. Um, kind of crazy, insane, insane. Um, it'll be the last like regular like story episode. We're going to have a season four wrap episode, as we always do. And then we're going to have a podcast, postmortem, wrap up, whatever, whatever, whatever. So... As you're hearing this, if you're in our Discord channel, uh, our question channel will be open for both season four questions and podcast overall questions. I think we're probably going to like go season by season and just kind of reflect and see how far we've come and all this stuff. Um, But take this as the opportunity to kind of, you know, talk to all of us as a unit for the last time possibly so um yeah that's that's what we're gonna do um which also means this is gonna be my last announcement update whatever thing ever probably so um yeah I don't know that's really all I kind of have to say I'm a little behind on our social media pages so I apologize for that but um we'll we'll get there we'll catch up And, um, yeah, next week's going to be the very last story episode, season four finale. And then, um, I'm not a hundred percent sure when the wrap up episodes are going to happen. They may not happen for a while simply because a lot of us are busy, um, and we're just kind of working around our schedule. Um, so they might not happen for a few weeks. We're going to try to squeeze them in eventually, Um, we're going to try to squeeze them in quick, but if they don't happen for a minute, then they won't happen for a minute, but they'll definitely at least come out this summer. I will make sure that happens. Um, they'll come out as soon as I can wrangle everyone together. So, um, yeah, that's, that's it. I think that's all I really want to say. I don't really need to go into the regular spiel that I do because I don't know. It's... It's almost over. Um, yeah. Thank you to Arcane Anthems for the, the theme song, as always. Um, and thank you to everyone who has listened uh, thus far. And I'll we'll get into it more once those wrap-ups come out. Um, but, yeah. That's, that's what I've got. Thank you for listening. Um, that's all I've got for you guys today. We love you all so much. Keep your heads up. Stay safe. We love you. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.